Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here, as always, with Sarah Powers. What's up, Sarah? Hey, Megan. It's Sarah Powers and her dog. I feel like I was going to say, are you, are you alone right now? Because <laughs> our whole episode is about being alone today. This is one of our More Than Mom episodes that come out a couple Sundays a month. They're a little bit different from our Tuesday episodes. And we just like to t- tackle some fun and fluffy topics. And what could sound more fun and more fluffy and maybe a little, le- you know, more unbelievable to a mom yeah. than the idea of being alone. Really, like really, truly alone. And that is so funny because I mentioned my dog, which I always have my dog around me while we record. But today feels like you might just hear slight doggy jangling noises. All, all I ever hear from her is jangling, really. Yeah. And I'm him. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, him dog. Okay. He don't mind. Um, in, my, in my world, all animals are girls. Oh, it's interesting. I feel <laughs> yeah. like cats are girls and dogs are boys. I've had girl and boy dogs actually, but um, I was gone from the house all morning. So he, now I'm home to record with you and he's like, Hey, remember hey, me? Hey, what's up? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm going to jangle and jingle. Well, so even when you're alone, you're not truly alone. Is that what you're getting at? Isn't that the truth? I mean, isn't I, that? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just had to kick my cat out because she was being so needy. I usually record with my cat, like snuggled up next to me, but if she's in a needy frame of mind and I've been gone all day too, she will be like so aggressive about snuggling with me that I can't record. Like she'll knock my computer off my lap. It's really bad. She would like to be a guest, a feline guest on the mom hour. Yeah, she would. So (laughs) Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready to eat meals from our sponsor factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite Factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, we're all comparing notes on our favorite product, 
Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from our place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Okay, so I want to set this up in case someone just happens to be listening to us for the first time. Sarah, how many years have you been a mom? 11. 11. And during those 11 years, you have never really had a time when, until now, when you didn't have like a baby or a toddler. It's not like you had one kid and then a big, long, right? You know, yeah. My yeah. kids are two and two and a half years apart. So just surrounded by little kids. And then, yep. um, yeah, last year was the first year of full-time school for everybody. Yep. And I've been a mom for almost 22 years. And until my daughter, Clara, went off to kindergarten now five years ago, I, or six years ago, I guess, I also had always had a little one in the house. So even with, you know, even now that they're in school, sometimes having that true aloneness is kind of elusive, right? right? So my first question for you is when is the last time you were really, and I mean, truly alone? Okay. Well, do you mean no people anywhere around? Or... I mean, like you spent a significant amount of time by yourself. Okay. So that was two weeks ago. And that's one of the things that prompted us to do this episode yes. because it felt so strange. Um, yeah. I got to um, accompany my husband on a business trip to Maui. Please don't hate me. It was kind of a fluke. I got to go. The school year started, got the kids back to school, and then we got to go to Hawaii for four, four or five days. Um, but because it was a work trip for my husband, I was by myself for the better part of three working days, but like long, like, like eight to six, two or three days in a row. And I think the reason it felt so alone is because I was in a hotel with no obligations. It would have felt very different than like if I was home for those long days, because right. I still saw my husband in the evening and I still, there were other patrons of the hotel, but it felt very, very different because I had no worldly obligations in addition to no one around me that I knew. So I think it was that yeah. combination um, of not having any, any real life responsibility and hours and hours by myself for three days in a row. Well, funny enough, that was the same <laughs> week that I was last truly alone in the same kind of way. I was on my vacation um, up in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, camping and hiking and staying in cabins and cottages and things like that. And I also, I remember actually writing in my journal something like for the next seven days, I don't have to include anybody in my plans, mm -hmm. check in with anybody, attend to anybody, do any housework. Like mm -hmm. I literally, not just the aloneness, but the zero expectations on me was yes. bizarre. And even though I have spent time alone since, you know, since having kids and especially since my youngest has been in school, there's always like somebody around that I could talk to right. or someone who needs something from me or someone I have to check in with or something I could be doing. Like there's always some expectation. And you and I were both having this weirdly expectation free um, trip right at the same time, which I think is so funny. It was, it was total just coincidence that it happened the same time. And we were in, in different locations, but there were a lot of similarities. I don't know if you felt this way, but for me, I think it was the number of consecutive hours that was the biggest difference from anything else I've had. Because, you know, of course, like I could, my kids are in school. I've got five or six hours a day, no kids. But it's amazing how when you fill those time with a little bit of exercise, a little bit of work, a little bit of house stuff, uh -huh. there's never one stretch that's more than like an hour and a half of anything. And those of you with little kids at home, your stretches are like four minutes and then it's the next yeah. thing. So I think for me, it wasn't the Hawaii or like the beautiful Island. It was the 
10 hours at a stretch and things like that, yeah. where it was like, well, really, I, I could break up this day any way I want. I don't know if you felt yeah. that way. I, I did. And, and I, I think for me, um, because, well, yeah, same thing. I wasn't really at any point sitting in one place that long. I was moving around a lot. I was hiking a lot and stuff like that. But it was definitely this feeling of like, I could just disappear. And I did have friends I was checking in with. I was checking with Jen and Missy and like, hey, I'm going hiking in this spot. If you don't hear from me by <laughs> seven, call the park rangers, right? Yeah. But like, but really, truly, I could have just gone someplace else. Like I didn't right. have to do any of the things I said. Yeah. Um. And, and the other thing is the last day I um, went out or the last night of my trip, I camped on an island. I stayed in a, uh, in a cabin, but I had to hike in all my stuff because there's no cars on this island. So my sleeping bag and my food and everything, I had to like hike it four miles to the cabin, blah, blah, blah. And I realized, you know, about halfway on my hike that I had forgotten to bring anything to charge my phone with. So I had like a, a charger thing, mm -hmm. um, like a battery thing uh, that I had left in my suitcase at the last minute while trying to decide what was going to make it into my backpack and what wasn't like it was pretty intense because I was like well I need food so that has to go in but I don't have room for this sweatshirt it literally was down to that and the ferry oh like people are getting on the ferry and I'm making last minute decisions about what goes and what stays and I kept my fleece pants but I <laughs> ditched the charger and then I was going to grab a different one that was smaller and I just forgot so I was like okay so that whole trip the, at the very least, I would usually not have any cell service on my hikes, but at the beginning of the day and the end of the day, I always had some kind of phone service. Right. And I realized like, I'm going to have to make some decisions. I'm either going to have to, if I want to check in with anybody while I'm on this Island alone, where I only saw like eight <laughs> other human beings the entire time, I'm probably gonna have to shut my phone off for most of the trip, or I'm going to, you know, like, yeah. or put on airplane mode, or I'm going to lose all my battery. So I really didn't have, I like, I checked in with you a little bit early and mm -hmm. then I wrote some stuff for Instagram that night, but otherwise my phone was off and I'm like on an Island with my phone off and no humans. Now that is really alone. It was so bizarre. So bizarre. Um, so I know for you, you sent me a message like a few days into your trip and you were like, I'm done. <laughs> like I'm ready to be done now. What did you get? homesick? Did you just get lonely? Like what happened? Um, so I think what, first of all, I loved it. Cause I love being alone. I think I was not as busy as you. Well, if we're just contrasting our two yeah. trips, you had objectives, like a hike to go on or like a, a campsite your destination was, I was in a, a very nice resort. I was working, um, which to me, like for any work at home, work from home, like entrepreneurial mom, we dream of 10 hours of uninterrupted work time right. with good Wi-Fi and air conditioning. And like, the, I had it, I got it. Yeah. And I think what I meant when I said I'm done is like, um, the lack of structure, even for my creative and work side was, it was a lot to put on me to come up with that structure. So you, I mean, it was fun. You and I were talking quite a bit and I would, I kind of used the middle of my day to do something that felt indulgent. One day I got a massage. One day I went swimming in the ocean. One day I took a nap. Um, and so that felt like breaking it up. But I think what I meant was like, I can be by myself for quite a lot of time, but I would have needed more to do. And, and that yeah. could, that could have been work. It could have been a creative project, but it's hard when you're the one coming up with that structure. And so I think my limit is like two full long days with no structure was fine. A third would have been like, I, I just would have wanted, it's not so much human contact. It's like an objective, like, you know, something to do, yeah. something to do. Yeah. Yeah. What's funny about that. I, I was thinking about, um, the moms who are listening right now and thinking, oh my goodness, <laughs> I would like give my right arm to be alone. And oh my gosh, I would be so productive. And do you remember when Clara went to kindergarten yes. and like the month before she went to, cause she didn't do preschool. So she was with me all the time. I would have, I would trade off babysitting with friends and stuff like that. But like I had not, I never really had a regimented routine time where Clara was away from she me. Was she was your sidekick. She was my sidekick. And I remember saying like, oh my goodness, I have been working from home for so many years with like truly buried in children, like kids crawling on me, <laughs> nursed and kicking my keyboard. Um, using their toes to pry off the keys. Like they're, they're, my computers have been beat up. My, my schedule was, you know, crazy. And then she went to kindergarten and I fell into this weird, I can't even, it was inertia. Yeah. I couldn't because without someone else, like the structure imposed on you by someone else's needs, mm -hmm. 
I just didn't know what to do with myself because mm-hmm. I would be sitting there looking at a six to seven hour day and going, well, what, when you can do anything, yeah. sometimes it's hard to get yes. doing anything, mm-hmm. you know, and without someone else needing me or putting parameters around what I could do or what I had to do, I had a really hard time that whole year. I feel like I took a nap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, I did. I napped a lot that year. You, as you I deserved recall. it. You deserved yeah. like a like a gap year. You know, <laughs> yeah, like with teenagers, year. it was like your yeah. motherhood gap year. Like I'll get yeah. down to business next year. Yeah. So it sounds like you like, you do like to be alone. I do. So prior to kids, did you spend a lot of time alone either on purpose or just because life worked out that way? I would say, I would say I did. I'm, um, I'm always very comfortable alone and I do need a certain amount of alone time prior to kids in the few years of married life. I think we, we probably just had some alone time built in. I traveled quite a bit for work in those days and I worked full time. And, um, but when I really remember spending quite a bit of time alone is like college and, and even before that high school, I just, I have always liked it. And so it makes sense that I would miss it in motherhood. So what's funny about that is I've always been somebody who, when I really thought back to before kids, which is hard because it's a long time ago, um, but I did spend a lot of time alone. I, ha- I, would, I would be the kind of person who would come home and like hole up in my bedroom and journal and write mm-hmm. about the boys who I liked mm-hmm. and listen to music and, you know, play with makeup. And even as a little kid, mm-hmm. I remember being alone a lot. My, my siblings were all older. A lot of them had moved out of the house by the time I can even remember. So I just remember being solitude, reading a lot, writing a lot, stuff like that. But what I'd never have been good at is doing stuff alone. Mm. That's the harder part. I, so like, I see the difference. Yeah. yeah. There's a big difference. So like being home by myself is fine. It's like my little haven. And even though I'm an extrovert, I'm an ENFP. And I guess those are the kinds of like ambiverts. Okay. So an ENFP really does need more time to themselves. And I can tell when I don't get it, mm-hmm. I get weird. But what I'm really have been bad at, and since being single again, I've had to get better at is making like, like not tying having everything I do to the fact that someone else is or isn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, I still am not great at going to movies by myself. I really I feel real weird about it. Okay. I am good at like going out to eat by myself, but only if I sit at the bar because then I can at least pretend like I'm there to talk to somebody. Okay. I feel weird. (laughs) So you don't like to sit at a table by yourself? Usually not. I feel like I'd rather just get takeout and go home. Like I just feel Uh, like it's it's a weird combination of both being out of my own personal element while also not even like not even having the opportunity to feel like I'm part of anything. Cause mm-hmm. like, you know, how when you sit at a restaurant at a table, like the whole experience is set up around that table being like a little, like a little sphere that you're in mm-hmm. your bubble. Mm-hmm. I don't like being in a bubble alone in the middle of other people talking. I'd I, rather be part of the action in some way. I love being alone in a bubble with people around me talking. It's like, so re- funny. I really enjoy it actually. So like, you know, working at a coffee shop. I have no problem eating dinner alone at a restaurant, even at a table. That doesn't bother me. There are things that I, I don't know if we're going to get into. Like I do sometimes have problems being alone at night or if I'm, if I feel at all unsafe in my Mm. surroundings, I, I mean, I think everybody would be that way, but so there's certain things I wouldn't want to do alone. Um, anything that feels like, like I, I would be intimidated by what you did alone. That feels like physically adventurous or a little bit dangerous that I would seek that out less than I would easily I could go to a movie alone or have dinner in a restaurant alone. And I actually like the comfort of kind of society around me with no expectation to interact with anyone. I kind of like that. So I really like going to coffee shops and working alone. So that to me is almost like a different experience because then I'm doing the thing I would be, I'm part of something. I'm part of what's happening in my computer. And it's socially, (laughs) it's just more socially acceptable maybe than dining alone. Yeah. And I do have an opportunity now to dine alone an awful lot. So like, I think I just find myself making choices where I don't, it's not like I never do. I certainly sometimes do go sit at a table somewhere, but I just don't seek that out as an experience if I have any other options. Um, I'm curious, and I do want to get into like being afraid, being Mm -hmm. alone at night, stuff like that. But what about something like going to a doctor's appointment? Is that something you prefer to do alone or do you like to have moral support? I think I'm, I, I tend alone for things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I often don't seek out 
company or, and this has gotten me in kind of in trouble emotionally in the past when I realized like I really would have benefited from connection and people. And I almost don't realize it till later. So I, I'm a very much like a bootstrapping individualist. Like I can do this myself. And that, that's, I mean, that plays out in every area of my life Mm -hmm. and it's a, it can be a good quality, but, um, I often don't ask for like what you're talking about, like company or moral support. And it really came out like when I was postpartum, I realized I, I was lonelier than I realized, mm. but it never occurred to me to just ask someone to come hang out with me or help me take the baby to the doctor. Or, um, it just never occurred to me because I, I usually am comfortable alone, but I think I probably to an extreme do not seek out that kind of, um, I don't know what you would call it. Just like just company or moral support. Yeah. yeah. I think for me, it's always been, I think I've been pretty good at balancing that depending on, um, like the stakes, Uh (laughs) I guess. So if it was like a checkup, I'd rather just do it by myself and not have the, I don't know, the additional work of including another human. But anytime I've had something that's been more serious or a little scary, I've always been pretty good about asking someone else to come along. I don't even tell anyone. I'm like secretive about uh, it. Yeah. I have issues. It's interesting. Yeah. And you, and you have anxiety around medical stuff. I know, but then I don't tell anyone. Well, then maybe, maybe you're, maybe you're a little (laughs) superstitious, right? Yeah. Like maybe you feel like you, if you brought someone in on it, yeah. it would jinx it almost. But I have gotten better about this and I have learned at least with the secrecy that it's way better if I'm like, oh, by the way, I think I'm dying, but I'm probably not. So I'm going to go get <laughs> and it And if you could out. just tell me that I'm not dying, please, that yeah. would be super helpful. Yeah. 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 Okay. So then let's dive into this, like being alone at night thing. Like, what does it feel like to you when Brian's traveling? So it's funny. I was just talking on Voxer to one of my closest personal friends about this. And, um, she, her husband does travel and she has really significant nighttime, like anxiety when her husband's gone. And, um, mine is not to that level because I really actually enjoy it until the middle of the night. So what would usually Mm. happen? And he doesn't travel very much. So to me, I look at it like, okay, put the kids to bed early pour a glass of wine. I always watch like a weird TV show from my bed. So I just like mix up my evening routine a little bit and read. And then the problem is then I fall asleep easily because that's not a problem. And then inevitably something wakes me up in the middle of the night, a kid or a dog or something. And that is hard. I still have a hard time. You know, I just start thinking that someone's about to break into my house or my mind starts going and then I look at the clock and I do that whole thing. So I, it's got, I would say it's like, moderate. Like I can usually talk myself out of it and go back to sleep, but I don't love it. And I'm very curious about you because you, you know, you became single two and a half years ago. So that would be a big adjustment. It was a big adjustment. Um, I think, well, it's interesting. It doesn't bother me at all now to sleep by myself. And, And many times I'm the only person in the house. Not always. I have an adult son who lives here. So there's typically someone else kicking around, but like there's been nights he's off doing something else and I'm here alone. And you know, it doesn't really bother me. I don't know if it I think at first I had so much other anxiety that was wrapped up, not in like, like I'm alone in this house and someone might break in. Like I had legit, like real life anxiety, which is not to say that like someone breaking in. Cause there's been times in my life where I've had that kind of anxiety too. Like 10 years ago when I was married and my husband traveled all the time, I would often have like night middle of the night anxiety. Yeah. Part of that I think was that then when I was alone, I was in a alone in a house with a whole bunch of little kids. Yeah. And that feels a lot more fraught. Mm Mm-hmm. Whereas now, if I'm alone, I'm either here with a bunch of hulking man children (laughs) or I'm truly the only person in the house. And that feels comfort. Like my house is comfortable. It's my space. It doesn't bother me. Um, So I'm kind of over that. Like whatever fear I had of being alone, I'm over that. Now, when I was on my trip, I was (laughs) anxious almost every night at some point. Yeah. I was I'm, also exhausted because I think were, I like, in the woods with bears. That's I mean, who I know. wouldn't be a little anxious. Right. And I think that was good for me, like because I didn't, you know, get eaten by a bear or anything like that. And so that's good. I kind of I kind of overcame that. But I think that um, well, I'll just tell you about the nights that I was there because I think yeah. this is so funny. So one of the nights I was tent camping. Well, first of all, I I hiked about a total of about 32 miles that week. Wow. So every night I went to bed like done. Like exhausted, ready to just hit it. So as soon as I could kind of deep breathe myself past any anxiety, I was Mm -hmm. out like a light. Um, but one night I stayed in this, well, the first night I tent camped, that was fine. The second night I wound up in a hotel because it was just like torrentially raining Mm -hmm. and I knew there, I was not going to be able to get warm or dry. So, um, I stayed in a hotel. That was the best night because I just 
like a hotel so familiar. Like we were mm-hmm. talking about the other yeah. day, Sarah, like a hotel always has the same components. It has yeah. a bed. It has a door with a bolt. It has a bathroom and you kind of know where it is. Even if you wake up disoriented, yeah. you know, you know where the TV is. Like it's always the same. So to me, it was like, I, I zonked. I also have no safety security concerns in hotels hardly ever. I mean, I tend to stay in fairly like safe, nice hotels, but just, I mean, the the likelihood of something scary happening in the middle of the night is probably equal or even greater at a hotel, but I never worry about that in hotels for some reason. It's like, I think it's just comfort. Like, you know what to expect. And it's like someone else is in charge of security. And so even if it's, even if there's, you know, some weirdo walking in the lobby, it's like in my mind, it's taken care of. It's less vulnerable than being alone in my house. Well, and you know that someplace in that hotel, someone is awake. Yeah. Even if they're inept, yeah. <laughs> they're awake and they're doing that thing. Like yeah. whatever that thing, they're sitting at the front desk, yeah. they're wandering around with clean towels, who knows yeah. what. Um, but there's there's activity going on even after you go to sleep. Yeah. So to me, the whole idea, like a hotel to me is like best case scenario. It's a bustling thing that yeah. I just am like a guest. And you have a deadbolt on your it. door and you're good. Yep, yeah. and I'm good. Um, I have had weird like anxieties before about hotel fires and things, but typically only if I'm staying in a super, super high rise and I'm way yeah. high up and I, I get over that pretty quick, yeah. but I, I have had a few moments like that. Um, so then the second and third night I was in a cabin and I, well, it was actually like a cottage and that was, um, a little spooky okay. because it was in this like kind of weird small town on the shores of Lake Superior. The weather was bad the whole time. And so I could hear the lake. Mm-hmm. So I was really close. And I could also like hear rain and like the wind on the lake. And it was this house that looked like somebody decorated it in 1968 and then didn't ever update it. Like I sent you the pictures yes. of it with the grand. Yes. It smelled like a grand, like a grandpa's house. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like a grandpa's house. And my bedroom was up these stairs, but it was like a loft. So there was no door really. So I could see the stairs mm-hmm. and the bathroom was downstairs. And one time I did have to get up and go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. And I was not happy about yeah. that. Um, then I stayed in Airbnb and that was the weirdest thing. I booked it at the last minute because I was another night. I was going to tent camp, except there was torrential rain. And I was like, nap. So not like I'm not that big of a wimp, but alone, I just didn't mm-hmm. want to bother with that. So um, I ended up at this Airbnb and <laughs> nobody was there. I don't think I, it was in someone's house. And I'm pretty sure I was the only human being and in the entire house. And you had rented a room, but a ostensibly room. there were other rooms for rent. There were four other rooms. Okay. So I get to the top of the stairs. All the bedroom doors are open and mine is shut and locked. So, or shut, sorry, the, the key was inside the room. So I go in and I'm like, okay, so this is my room. And I'm walking around. There's no one else. All the rooms are made up, prepared. They look like someone's coming, but no one ever came. Like a haunted but mansion. The, but the proprietors lived on the first floor. You could tell where they're, quarters were there was Uh like private space stay out whatever but I don't think they were there and I never saw them I didn't hear them the entire time I was there and that was weird because I'm just in someone's house well and it's also weird because I'm thinking about this concept of being alone it would be very strange to not be sure whether you are alone or not part of part of what's satisfying (laughs) about being alone is the clarity the the clear expectations around who's what is my space and what's the expectation so that would actually be the worst case scenario is if you weren't sure if you were alone yeah no I had no idea <laughs> um and so then the last night was the night that I was in the cabin on the island and that was the day and I will say at that Airbnb I had some serious homesickness like mm-hmm. that was when I'm like in a bedroom I'm in what looks like a child's bedroom and I'm I'm alone and Clara sent me a a FaceTime or a message and she had FaceTimed me earlier and I was just like, I'm ready to go home. Yeah. But I had one more day and the next day was the island and it was awesome. And I actually had very little fear on the island. Um, I did walk with a big stick in case mm-hmm. a bear tried to get me. And I made sure to go to the bathroom like seven times before I went to bed because the um, outhouse mm-hmm. was down quite an extensive path from the cabin. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no way am I doing that in the middle of the night on a, an island in right. northern Michigan. Like, I just don't want to. So, and there was no one nearby. Like, I think the the closest campsite was probably about a half mile away. Do you, I know we're like veering off of a, we're on a windy path that involves a lot about hiking and anxiety. Yeah. But I do have a question. Like, do you, when you hike or walk around where you live, and I know both of us have done walking and hiking, is there alone concerns that don't have to do with bears, but that have to do with possible uh, human attackers? <laughs> I mean... 
I think there always are, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, every yeah, yeah every area is different, and there's different kind of norms. Um, sadly, yeah. around here, I don't think women go do well. Well, let me let me say that differently. There's certain times of day, like I'm an early morning person. I don't think it would be advisable to go on an early morning walk or jog on the trails unless unless you are meeting up with someone. You just you just don't know. Um, yeah. There's other times of day where it's so. It's so well-traveled that it's probably not a big deal, but I just was curious because that's like a whole other thing that like, I don't even have a particularly high level of anxiety about that scenario. So I almost forget that like, oh yeah, as a woman, I shouldn't really go on that hike by myself. It would yeah. be more about like bears are breaking my ankle. And then it's like, oh, and that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely like, there are definitely parks I have gone to where I've been, I've gotten there and there's one other car. Yeah. And I'm just like, mm, no, nah, yeah. that's okay. I'll go someplace else. Um, but typically the places that I go hike around here are well enough traveled. Like yeah. I will usually see like three or four other people, a lot of times women, mm -hmm. um, a lot of times women by themselves walking. And so I feel pretty safe. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's all relative, it's right? It's all relative. Like, and it's all safe? like, like I go by myself through this park on a path. It's like the hiking trails that I, yeah. I'm like, well, no, I just have to do that with a friend. <laughs> yeah. And there's, I probably, there's probably three hiking trails, like really, truly like, you know, a park system mm -hmm. that's like a nature preserve type of thing where you are hiking four miles and you might not see another person. And I do every now and then I wouldn't, you know, it's probably not a hundred percent safe, yeah. but then I think you, when we hear the stories, those are the outliers typically yeah. Yeah. as well. Yeah. So, and then my, my normal walking path is almost all residential. Yeah. Like there's hardly any times where I'm alone or not within full sight of an entire neighborhood of people right? or a whole beach, you right. know? So yeah. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at Vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, so Sarah, we touched on, you know, sleeping alone while on a trip. And we touched on doing things like, I don't know, doctor's appointments and um, staying in hotels or going out to a restaurant by yourself. But I'm curious if you ever intentionally do things alone, like 
Like, how do you feel about shopping alone or traveling or flying alone or like even going out for a night on your own? Like, would you ever just be like, I don't have anybody to do anything with tonight. So I'm just going to go out. No, all by I, would myself. I would stay in if I didn't have anything. Well, to you, do. you don't even want to go out I anyway. <laughs> no, I would definitely yeah. need people to convince me to go out. Yeah. Um, I think I think where it comes, I have no problem doing most of those things that you suggested alone. And if there's any kind of an agenda involved, um, like shopping you, you brought up, um, I almost prefer to be alone because actually yeah. shopping with another person is really hard because you have to decide, is this a social shopping? Right. <laughs> is this, are we like doing this for fun to chat and browse or do it? Cause I, when I need to shop, like if I'm shopping for a dress for something or a pair of shoes, or I've got a list, I don't make a very good shopping buddy. So if there's anything like that needs to be done, I really honestly prefer to be alone because I've got, I can manage yeah. my own time and my list and I've like got my idea of how I want to do things. So it doesn't bother me at all to go off and say, I'm going to go, you know, knock out all the Christmas shopping by myself. That's totally something I would do. Um, in terms of seek of like fun seeking, which I feel like that was kind of the second part of your question. That would be harder. I think I need people around me. It's, I'm probably not likely to go like hear a band or like, go see, I don't know. I did. I used to go see shows by myself, um, like Broadway shows and musicals mm. and stuff when I traveled, that didn't bother me, but it you was like going to the movies alone. I'm fine going to the movies alone. Yeah. I, I don't enjoy it that much. I think nighttime, you know what the, the difference here is, is does Sarah have to leave the house at night or is this during the day? It has nothing to do with the activity. I, I'm much more likely to go do something by myself during the day than at night. It's not a fear thing. It's just like, um, I feel You'd like rather be in if I'm by at myself at night, I'm staying in for sure. So what's funny about that is I could count on, you know, one hand, the number of times I've been to the movies alone in the last year or two. Um, and I spend a lot of time alone. So that's pretty significant, but they're almost always matinees. And it, to me, yeah. it feels, to me, it feels like less of a waste to go to a movie alone in the middle of the day than yeah. it would at night when maybe, I don't know, I always have this feeling like something else better might be happening right. than, a, than a movie. So like, especially a movie by myself. Yeah. Um, but something like going out to hear a band, I wish I was better at that. Like, I think to myself, you know, gosh, why don't I just like, why do I always wait to see if someone else wants to do this thing with me? And I don't always, I'm getting better at it, but I, I'm not like, I think I could be a little more mm -hmm. independent about mm -hmm. those things. Um, so what about, how do you feel about traveling and flying on your own? I'm good. I like it. Um, I'm fine. I'm really experienced at it. I spent my whole junior year of college um, abroad and traveled a whole lot by myself. And that was kind of a perfect age. I was 20 and 21 that year. Um, and so I was just grown up enough that I wasn't intimidated by those were the days of like, yes, internet in your dorm room, but no internet in your pocket. So like, you know, I just was, I was really comfortable navigating solo travel, train tickets and hostels and airplane reservations. And so I think that broke me in of any of the, I think some people struggle with the logistics of it. Like what if I yeah. miss my flight? What if I don't know? And I've always been really comfortable with, with that part of it. So I don't mind air travel solo. I generally really like it. Um, but I, you know, if I have a companion, that's good too. It's not one where I prefer one or the other, but I'm definitely comfortable. And if I have a long flight by myself, I will look forward to that. But again, we're in this motherhood stage where like right. five hours by yourself is not something that comes easily. So how about you? I love to fly alone. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love to go to a city that I've never been to alone. Mm -hmm. Now, I also really like to do that with another person. Yeah. Like, I like really like flying with you and I like yeah. really like being in a new city with you. Um, but something, first of all, I love airports. Uh -huh, I do too. I love being in an airport. And to me, there's something so fun and so free feeling about yeah. just dropping my bag with the baggage claim people and then, or check people. And then just walking away with my ticket and my backpack, you know, whatever I'm, you know, carrying yep. on. And then I'm just, it's just me and this like little fake world where I just can do whatever I want. It's uh -huh. this very, and nothing feels real. Like the time that you spend in an airport feels like fake time. Yeah. So I feel like I can really use it doing silly things like, you know, like shopping in a luggage. And don't you love airport. it when there's like like spontaneous, really good shopping. Like, yes, it's like, wait, I didn't even know I was going to get to go shopping today. And right. like, here I am. Yes. Okay. So now let's go back in time. Okay. Because I was thinking about what you said about shopping alone. And I also prefer to shop alone. In fact, I can't really remember the last time I purposely brought another person along with me on a shopping trip. Um, you know, like 
for the fun of it. I literally like fail at it. In fact, my mom and I tried to go shop. My mom (laughs) really likes to shop and she's a good shopper. And we tried to go shopping together like six months ago. And we literally just like cut bait and went to lunch. Cause I was like, wait, are we shopping? It was before. What are we doing? (laughs) Before mom too. I was looking for a couple of dresses and it was because I had things in mind and I was like, I, I can't multitask. I either want to yeah. hang out with my mom and chit chat or I need to be by myself. And we, I mean, she was great about it. Like we were, I was like, let's just go to lunch. I'm not paying attention yeah. to the dresses. I mean, I've had a couple of times when I've been with a companion of some sort and I've gone to like a store because I wanted their opinion on the thing I was going to try mm-hmm. on or whatever. But like the, I, that, that just browsing kind yeah, it's of really shopping, hard for me. I never do that with people anymore. However, thinking back to before having kids and even when my kids were really little and I would get an opportunity to go out without them sometimes, which didn't happen Mm -hmm. very often. I did socially shop with friends just for fun. So I'm curious if you felt that way prior to kids. Is there something about kids having been a mom for so long that made you more pragmatic? Yes. About the time you spend shopping? I'm sure that there is because the way, if we're talking about like clothes and purses and shoes, especially the way that we (laughs) get that kind of stuff now, it's got to fit. It's got to fit the budget. It's got to like, there's, it's got to check a box. Whereas like when I was 16 and just going to the mall and walking around with my friends, the world was like, there was no, it was just whatever was on sale. What what did I have in my wallet? Did I like this thing? You could try on makeup. You could try on shoes. I mean, sometimes we'd go shopping for like a dress for a dance or something. And I remember things like that, but, um, the idea of browsing, just browsing stores with friends definitely felt different before kids. I think also we just had more time. Yeah, exactly. Now, even when, even if I had a whole week alone, I still like my mom sense has created this feeling around time that it is a luxury. It is Uh finite. um, It is at a premium. And so like shopping with my friends, it's too much multitasking, like you were saying. And I don't feel like I have the time to waste anymore. Plus, Whereas you know I, how efficient you could be on Amazon. You could like, yes, or yeah. I could go do this in 30 minutes on my computer. Exactly. So I just think something like that, you know, something like shopping, um, I have a very different feeling about it now that I've had a bunch of kids and I've been a mom for so long. So what about other stuff? When you, before you had kids, were you the same about being alone in all these different scenarios or do you feel like they were, you were different? So I know as a child, I, when you started to describe this, I think I was very much the same, um, I spent a lot of time, I played by myself naturally really well, um, which I think fooled my mom into thinking that all kids were like that. I had like a little table in my room and I would go the story, like the family lore about me is that there were these little cassette tapes that guided you along. Like uh, it would be like a story and then it would say, now pause the tape and draw a picture of this, like these little for kids. And my mom just, we all laugh at like, I would dutifully do exactly what it said. Like it would say, press pause and I would press pause. And then I would sit there and like, draw the picture and then restart it. And I could be by myself for I that at least that's how the story goes for an unusual amount of time as a child. So this, I come by this naturally. However, you were talking about being an extrovert who needs time alone. And I would say I'm an introvert who really enjoys people. So mm. I was very social all through school. I don't ever remember like preferring alone time I don't ever remember thinking like as a, say a middle school or a high school, I don't, I don't ever remember thinking, gosh, I need time to myself or like, this is too much socializing or, or feeling like I needed it, but I was also still comfortable with alone time. I was comfortable, um, you know, just doing teenage life solo. If I was solo for longer periods of time, I remember enjoying staying home alone. Like if my mom had the siblings somewhere and I was the oldest, if I got to stay home alone for a few hours, it felt like in the same way that being in a hotel feels indulgent. Now it felt like, Oh, I've got the house to myself, the TV to myself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think I'm mostly the same, but then having kids just raises the stakes so much and it makes it, it puts a higher price or a higher like, um, value on that alone time. But I think I've always kind of, I can see the through line throughout. And then uh, uh, the last thing I'll say is that that year in England that I talked about where I traveled when I wasn't traveling, when I was actually living in England, I was by myself so much. And I was very, very homesick. It's one of the only times I've been truly lonely Um, but I don't think it was tied necessarily to being alone a lot because that wouldn't have bothered me. It was tied to being in a foreign land and the people I did have around me, I wasn't crazy about. I didn't have great friendships. I didn't love, there was just, it just, it wasn't enough. Everything was unfamiliar. Right. So I guess the lesson is that there is such a thing as too much alone or too much alone, too far from home. And that was 
the year of 2000, 2001 for Sarah. Yeah. Well, and I also think like there's things that you, you know, you're talking about, you didn't think to yourself, gosh, I need alone time. When I was a kid, I was, I was fine being alone. I, but I always would have chosen had I had my druthers, Mm -hmm. which you just told me what that means. I mean, we have used it, but I was like, I wonder what druthers actually means. Like (laughs) I'd rather, right. Um, anyways, if I had my druthers about me back then, I probably would have always chosen to be out with friends or whatever. But remember what it felt like when you were like a teenager, how you knew that your life wasn't your own somehow, like part of you resisted it, but you also accepted it because you knew it was just the way it was. Like you didn't have the freedom to just do whatever you wanted. So you knew that there was just going to be a certain amount of time, especially after your curfew or whatever time your parents thought you should be in at night that you would be in your bedroom alone. And so for me, I just accepted it. It wasn't so much that I loved it. It just was the way it was. And and it didn't really bother me. And I think now, um, not only having had kids, but having been an adult for so long with my time being my own, I do sometimes have this feeling like, oh my goodness, it's eight o'clock and I'm alone. Something better should be happening. Like I should be doing something with other people. Why am I not out? Why am I not in a social situation? And I almost had to retrain myself to prefer it sometimes Uh and to recognize when I need it. And that was hard. Like it took me a while. That's yeah. I think that's really wise. And what's funny is my internal voice, if it's eight o'clock and I'm alone is not, I should be out doing something, but how can I use this time as productively as possible? And that is what I have had to train my brain about. And when I was in Hawaii, that all that time by myself, I mean, I really had to say like, Sarah, you cannot work three 10 hour days. Like there's no amount of podcast work that needs to be done (laughs) to, but that's like, really, I'm like, oh my gosh, how can I most effectively use this alone time? And I have to train my brain to be like, or what could you do that would be resting and fun and fulfilling? And so, I don't know, I went swimming in the ocean and I told you, I was like, hold me accountable. I'm going swimming in the ocean. I love it. You're like, make me do this. And I said, I'm going to see wet hair when you're done. And I did. I had to make you go do something fun. That's actually. And I saw sea turtles. (laughs) You did. Uh, Okay. So let's talk about your kids. Yeah. How do they (sighs) feel about being alone? Man, I wonder if kids these days in general are different than we were because they are more scheduled or we're in their business more. Um, So I will say that uh, I have one child in the middle who was amazing and will always seek out alone time and was so good at playing by himself as a preschooler, toddler, preschooler. Um, And then my oldest was kind of okay. And my youngest is terrible, but that's that independent play, which I think is like a kind of a different skill. I'm trying to think of like how they feel about actually being alone. I think Violet doesn't know how to do it yet. And hopefully someday will, um, and reads very comfortable alone. And Allegra's, I think she's somewhere in the middle. If she's got a project going, um, she can love being alone. She also likes art, like your Clara and she loves to read, but I, I think she probably tends more extrovert if like, if she had to pick, she really like thrives off of relationships. Yeah. Well, and neither of our kids really ever get the opportunity to be alone for long stretches of time, right. really, you know, not right. truly alone. So I would say that it's been different going by the different kids' personalities. Um, Isaac really liked being alone. Owen, I think likes being alone, but they have the luxury of getting to be alone when they want to, without having to ever be alone, which mm-hmm. I do think changes things it is because if you know that you can always walk out of your bedroom and find someone to hang out with, there's always someone around. It does shift. It, mm-hmm. it switches up the script a bit. Claire is funny because she has definitely this circle of friends that she will bug me incessantly about hanging out with. And at times I don't feel like having her do stuff with a friend. But then also every now and then I'll say, hey, did you want to go over to the cousin's house tonight? And she'll say, you know, I'd rather just hang out and chill at home and, oh. and read or I'd rather just. Um, just like get in my pajamas early. But then again, it's not so much about the aloneness because she's still not really alone. Right. She's just not really interacting with anybody. It's but more of like a social versus, I don't know, less social. There's just people around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's like one, I think in one case, she would be expected to play with somebody or keep up a conversation or whatever. And in the other, she can just be in the room and there could be other people around her, but she doesn't have to like, there's no expectations on her. Right. And so I think she switches back and forth between liking that and and not. So I, I haven't really figured out if she's an introvert or an extrovert yet. With your boys who enjoy being alone, um, Isaac and Owen, were there ever points where as a mom, you saw it tip into like, 
like, well, where I got, where it was like, okay, even for me, this is too much. Like, did you ever see it go from like healthy alone recharging to like this kid needs to get out and do something? Um, I think by nature of there just being so many of us around, no. Yeah. Because they just never they had were, that much time. They never had that much time. Yeah. They, they've, you know, and Isaac like took up the guitar and he would just disappear into his room and play for hours at a time. But that never felt unhealthy. Like that was mm-hmm. his way of getting space. And, yeah. but at the end of the day, he still had to emerge and come have dinner with yeah. six other people. Yeah. Right. So like it, it, I think something that's one of the beauties of being in a big family. It's like, as long as you have the option to retreat, you almost can't overdo it because yeah. there's, yeah. And, and Owen will find weird ways of being alone yet around other people, like his cocooning that he does when yeah. he wraps himself in yeah. a blanket, like a burrito, and then will lay on the floor under the table. Like, why are, like, why are you doing that? You, do you have another, you have a bedroom you could go into and you could cocoon I, yourself. In I there. wonder if he just kind of like is comforted by the presence of people, but that he doesn't have to relate to or something yeah, or look at them or yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. It's like, sometimes I, I very rarely do this, but every once in a while I will take a nap out in the family room. Like say it's football season, there's a game on the kids are doing something and I will fall asleep with a book. And I I'm well aware that I'm not going to get as good a rest as I would upstairs in a quiet room, but there's something kind of comforting about checking out from the world, but the world is still going on around you. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's, yeah. Maybe Agreed. That's deal. Well, this has been fun. Really fun. Yeah. I feel like now I, I can't decide. We're recording this on a Friday afternoon. And as soon as we're done, it's going to be like the beginning of the evening. And I can't decide if now if I want to go do something or if I just want to be alone. Hmm. Is the weather <laughs> I, good? No. It's kind of cruddy. Mm. Yeah. Well, you know no. what I would choose, but you I know what you would choose. <laughs> I was going to say, I know what you would choose. Yeah. Well, and it's three hours earlier here. So my, my jealousy about your Friday is less about alone or social and more that you are at the end of it. And I have like school pickup, <laughs> piano lessons, a Taekwondo, like the whole, it's not there is no rest for the weary for like six hours for me. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, I'm, I'll be thinking of you alone. 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 <laughs> well, this is fun. We'll be back on Tuesday, everybody. Thanks, Megan. Yeah. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com.